come one, come all to the show. Okay. I mean, I'd prefer people to come. Multiple times? I mean, people spend all their lives trying to be enlightened. All they really need is one good orgasm. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Heidi and Stefan. And you're listening to another episode of Ice Cream Parlor. The podcast. Yes. There will be spoilers. Yes, there will. And this is the podcast where we talk about horror movies. Yes. Classic and modern. And today I'm emphasizing the classic because today our movie is... A classic? A classic. A Vincent Price classic, to be exact. Oh, wow. Okay. It Vincent is Price. not the abdominal Dr. Phoebe's. Fives? But it's the abominable Dr. Fives. <laughs> abominable Dr. Fives. All right. Cool. Well... I kept wanting to say Phoebe's. But I saw the trailer, and it's Fibes. Fibes. Yeah, I've never seen this movie before. I've never actually heard of it. I'm not too familiar with Vincent Price's movies. I know he exists. I know that maybe I think he did the original House on Haunted yes, Hill. Yes, he did. Um, but that's about as much as I really know about him. But you confuse him with, what's his name? Roger Waters. <laughs> John Waters? The guy John with the skinny Waters. mustache? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just for some reason, when I think of the name, that's the guy I think about. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've never seen this movie. I have this movie, but that's because we recently went to Amoeba and got like like a box set of Vincent Price movies, mm-hmm. and I just haven't watched them yet. Yeah. And since you are always talking about Vincent Price and how good or how you like a lot of his movies or whatever, that's why I suggested let's go to a classic Vincent Price movie this time around, right? Absolutely. Especially after watching Scream, which is more horror, I mean, a modern day horror movie last right. week. So... This movie, I've never seen before. It is a dark comedy, dark horror comedy kind mm-hmm. of thing. And um, like like Vincent Price movies are. Um, so I don't have a synopsis because I've never seen it. So not one that I can, you know, just say out of my experience from it. So I'm just going to read the back. Do it. All right. Vincent Price plays a diabolical doc seeking the ultimate in revenge with precision. Wait, the ultimate what? In revenge. Oh, the ultimate in revenge? That's what it says in Revenge. Okay. I just, I thought you went revenge. I don't know. Vincent Price plays a diabolical doc seeking the ultimate in revenge with precision, creepiness, and surgical wit. After a team of surgeons botches his beloved wife's operation, the distraught Dr. Fibes unleashes a score of Old Testament atrocities, from the plague of locusts to an attack of rats, on his enemies that climax in what may be one of the eeriest endings on screen record oh really there's a climax scene on here sweet (laughs) um here's a shortcut synopsis that i saw on imdb so from that one what i can tell it's a guy goes ape shit after his wife dies and he blames the doctors right yeah this one here says a doctor scientist organist a biblical scholar Anton Fibes seeks revenge on nine doctors he considers responsible for his wife's death. Yeah. Kind of like Batman and Robin. And that's the in, in the movie where they fought, what is it, Mr. Freeze? And it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And mm. he's taking it on the city because his wife is, like, incurable. So he, like, froze her. Mm. Yeah. That one is the one <laughs> I don't remember that well. The Tim Burton one? I don't know if Tim Burton did that. Maybe, well, yeah, it was kind of weird. Maybe he, that is the one he did. I don't know. I, that that portion of the Batman series is a little bit wonky, you know? Well, that's it's where they that had, one. That's where they had, like, 
nipples on their suits, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, then it would have been the George Clooney one, which, yeah, I think it was the George Clooney. No, was it the Val Kilmer one? The Val Kilmer one had nipples, I thought. I think the George Clooney one had nipples, too. I don't know. I, I don't remember. I think the George Clooney one clearly had nipples, but I don't mm. know. I don't know. I don't know. Danny Ocean. Right. Ocean's Love. Wow, I'm all scatterbrained right now. We're like, classic movies, Mr. Freeze, Ocean's Eleven. So I'm trying to control it. Just let it flow. All right, so let's let it flow. Let's talk about what, uh, what's what been going on in your life before we get into this movie. <laughs> what's new with you? Um, Not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some medical scares with my son, and he's all better now. Okay. So we're good to go. Cool, Things cool. are better. Like, I feel a huge weight off of my shoulders. Awesome. Um, and then yesterday... Yeah? What did you do yesterday? <laughs> I went to the Pasadena Daydream Festival, and I got to see the Deftones for the first oh. time. Wow. For the first time? I had never seen the Deftones before. I mean... Live, <laughs> yeah. I've never seen them live before, and so it was the Deftones, the Deftones, the Pixies, and the Cure. There were other bands there too. Uh, Mogwai was on there, and I've never heard of them before, and they sounded pretty good, so I might have to check them out. But for sure, I was there for the Deftones and the Cure. Nice. Yeah. I was happily surprised by the rest. I it was would've... fucking awesome. Look, I'm so brown now. <laughs> you got a little bit more sun, I see. <laughs> I would have loved to see the Deftones, but I don't think I could have sat through all the other bands just for the one band. And I've seen them enough times to where I I would have loved to see them, but for the price and for the the whole, you know, going to a giant festival, the park, it was just too much for me for one band, you know? Well, so I went with Patty Cakes. We celebrate our birthdays together because they're a couple days apart. Mm-hmm. And she chose... Um, to do this festival. And I'm like super happy that she did. Uh, we got dropped off and it felt kind of like our dad was dropping us off, you know, cause he's like, okay, have fun. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, uh, you know, it was really cool cause you got to take your chairs. You can, like we camped out. I did this old hunting trick, not hunting trick exactly, camping trick from when I used to go camping with my family. And we'd just go and, and pitch our tent <laughs> where um, the sun wouldn't like, hit it so much so I, I did as I pulled out my compass and I'm like all right let's put our chairs there because there's no sun there now I mean there's sun there now but there's not going to be sun in 10 minutes and then it's going to be a badass seat for the whole rest of the time hmm. so we did that we got really good seats um we just put our stuff there and then we're able to just roam around without having to worry about where is our stuff really I, I'd still be worried like with thousands of people there don't you think somebody would steal your stuff well coincidentally we were sitting like near some older women like older women who are obviously there for the cure. Okay. And like super like like grandmas. Yeah. Was it? It was really cute. They were like really old ladies. Yeah. And I'm like, they'll they'll be fine next. <laughs> wasn't it? I mean, it was the cure who were head the uh, they were the headlining band, but wasn't it also like some special anniversary or a certain wasn't something like that going on? Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Uh-huh. I was there for the Deftones. <laughs> yeah, I want to say it's like 20 years or 30 years of them. Maybe I thought this was like a, a milestone. That's well, I hear right. he's 60 years old. Oh, I don't know. So that makes sense. Like okay. Like 20 or something. Yeah, I don't know. I just somewhere, I remember hearing that it was like their, I don't know, anniversary of some sort type of show. Maybe I'm wrong. Could be, mis- uh, you know, it could be mixing up with something else. I don't know. Can I be super LA for a moment? Go ahead. What's up? Seeing the Deftones in person and being in that wave of people... And then just feeling the rhythm and the 
and the music just reverberate all through the ground and into my body was like a sound bath and it just felt so good and I just feel so refreshed. Ooh. I feel good. You get a sonic cleansing there. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it just felt so good and I, I just feel so light and airy and free and I'm just, I feel recharged. That's great. So thank you, Deftones. <laughs> yes, the Deftones are a wonderful band. They're kind of a, you either love them or you hate them kind of thing though. I don't know if, uh, you know, some people even in the kind of heavy metal rock alternative world, they are a little bit nitpicky about them. I love the band. I think they're they're fabulous. Their their stuff now is not as heavy as their earlier stuff. <laughs> and also, rest in peace, they did lose their original bass player, Chi. Um, the band hasn't been exactly the same since then, but they've taken a new direction, and um, their music is a little bit... Um, well, let's just put it this way. They're still relevant. Fuck yeah, they After are. After <laughs> 20-some years also, they 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 started in the early 90s. They were around doing uh I remember their them music. when I was in high school. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. They had a DJ in the band before everybody else had a DJ in the band. Yeah. Well, I dig them a lot. And seeing them live was fucking amazing. If mm-hmm. y'all like the Deftones even a little bit, see them live and fall madly in love. They were <laughs> fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. I'll see them again sometime, I'm sure. As long as they Absolutely. keep doing their thing. But I'm telling you that, like, seriously, it was like, what did you call it? A sonic cleansing? A sonic cleansing, I yeah. feel so good. Like, it started at my core and then just kept going outwards. And suddenly all of the toxicity in my life was just mm-hmm. dissipating into the ethers. And I'm just... Were you eating bor- seeds um, at the same time? Like pastime activities? The I toxicity mean, of your city. <laughs> Way to throw. I know, but you <laughs> brought it up. You're like trying to, you know. You... <laughs> it's an actual word, not just the, one of the best albums of all time. Uh, well, <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, that's awesome. So you got to go to a concert. I got to go to a concert. I got to drink tons of beer. I had pizza. It was great. Um, turns out a lot of my friends were there and I didn't even notice. Because there were so many people there. It was awesome. Yeah, it was so yeah. great. Yeah, the, the Pasadena, it was like by the Rose, it was Rose Bowl. Bowl yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a huge venue, right? Yeah. Yeah. My feet hurt so much. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know what was so rad? You know, we got dropped off and I was like, um, I don't know how we're going to get home, but we'll worry about that later. Um, Patty Cake's friend was like, oh, you guys want to ride home? Uh, yeah. Awesome. And we were completely out of their way and they drove us home. Did you guys give them gas money? Were we supposed to? Cash, gas, or ass? Um, okay, so I guess I got to give them some ass. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Sarah and G Money. Thank you for the ride home. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, well, that sounds like you had a fun time. Yeah, Great. I did. Cool. I did. It's, um, it's refreshing to go somewhere and not have, and I, you know, I love being a mother. I love being whatever, but it was nice to just be out there. And just be free and not worry about all the things at work, all of the mm-hmm. things with my side hustles, the children. Yeah. Just be. Yeah. You and it just do felt that so sometimes. good. Yeah. I mean, you know, we are human beings and it's good to be communal, but every once in a while it's good to just kind of think about yourself and not worry about all the other people that, especially you, because you have so many, you know, between your job, family, and all that, you know, it's a lot of extra baggage for you. So it's good that you got a chance to go hang out with your friend and just be an adult and 
you look you look good. You look like you had a great time. So, right on. I'm not marrying you, Stefan. Please, <laughs> please, no way. Stop begging. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay. No, um, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. It feels good. It's like I'm back. You're back. Yeah. Yes, you are back. Ready for this for the next episode. Hold up. Wait. <laughs> you know what uh, else I've been into? What? Lizzo. Yeah. She seems like the kind of girl you'd dig. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's so fucking awesome. Anyway. Yeah. She's... Uh, did you watch the VMAs at all? She's that flute thing? What? I don't know. I didn't watch them. I just... I, she's popular now, right? So I figured she's on there. Well, I don't know. I didn't... I, did, uh, I mean, Sebastian makes me want to watch the VMAs, but I don't yeah. normally go for those things. But, um... I think, because you know how your phones spy on you? Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned Lizzo, I think, in passing a couple of times over the past week or so. And when I was being lazy and just on YouTube on, on my bed earlier this morning, um, it said, college students react to Lizzo. And I'm like, okay, I guess I have to watch this. And it was her on the VMAs, like, playing flute, I think. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, no, I think that was a BET Awards. Uh, Never mind. Oh, totally different thing. Anyways, I don't know why I brought that up either, because I, I didn't watch the VMAs. I do love Sebastian. He's a great comedian. It's, you know, it's great that he got chosen to be the host, but um, I just can't do that new <laughs> shit. <laughs> Tomato basil. No. All right. Anyways. All right. If y'all don't know Sebastian... Maniscalco. Maniscalco. If y'all don't know Sebastian, you need to check him out. He's fucking amazing. Yeah. He's a comedy store guy. I like sports. So we're kind of biased. Yeah, I'm a little biased. (laughs) You know. But he is awesome. Yeah. He is awesome. Yes, yes. All right. So let's... So uh, what's new with you? You, you, It's all been about me. Yeah, because it's always about you. No, I'm just kidding. There's nothing new with me, really, except for I'm still trying to put out some video content and audio content for my band dti um and so i do have can i just interrupt for one second okay you can punch me later uh you've been putting out some video snippets on instagram and they're fucking killer yeah, they're, they're long overdue, and I, I, um, I wish I could put out some more in, like, the full thing, but I just figured since I got to put some content out, and today's, you know, world is all about 30-second to a minute-long clips, I was like, fuck it, let's just put out some well, it's fucking tiny good. clips. Yeah, well, I'm still trying to get the finished product done. So one cool thing that I am working on is a playthrough video, so I don't know if you know what that is, but that's where... Absolutely the, not. What is it? It's <laughs> where the instruments are highlighted. It's more... It's not like... like it's like a live performance, but not like at a concert. So like, is it those videos where it's like a, an extreme close-up of somebody fingering? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Although that's also called porn. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. It, it's kind of extreme close-ups. It doesn't have to be extreme close-ups, but yes, it's, it's usually... It's just the hands... And um, and they're playing guitar, or sort there's of. the drums, and you're seeing to see where yeah. they are. It's just the focal point is more on the instrument, and it so doesn't. So, like, if somebody wants to play your songs, they can watch the video and learn how to play a song. Right? Yeah, gotcha. I guess so. It also just gives the audience a chance to see the intricacies of what's being played, because sometimes, especially with, um, well, lots of different, you know, complex music, there's 
so many overlapping parts that the the listener doesn't realize how intricate it is. You know, especially in this scenario, each band member is doing something completely unique and significant and all the pieces make the whole, right? But so this kind of video gives you a little bit of a more focal point on everybody. So yes, there's the drum track, there's the guitar track, the bass track, and vocals and everything like that, whatever. So I'm working on putting that out. Um, my bass player, uh, Phil, Philly Watts, he went ahead and did the um, bass playthrough video and it came out so good he's already got that uploaded on his channel um and then what is what is his handle his hand i believe it's just philly watts that's philly watts like the hood watts like the hood but okay. also like the watts that pump through your speaker like mm -hmm. like amps and power that kind of watts Tech science technology yeah like so philly watts well check it out you guys yeah, my bass, uh, I'm sorry, my guitar player also, Scott, um, we call him Scotty Dings. Uh, he was, Does he ding? He dings a lot of things, sometimes on purpose and sometimes not so much, <laughs> but he is known to ding. And for better or for worse, he is the ding master. Um, but yeah, he also sent me some guitar footage of him playing. And so we're getting that all compiled together and we're going to put some of that out soon. So that's sort of what my time has been occupied with. So since knowing you, I've been, I feel like I understand um, the process of musicality, I guess. Um, I know sometimes you'll play a certain part and you'll work on it until it's perfection. And sometimes it's an arduous process. Sometimes it's just magic. And I'm able to appreciate all the music that I listen to now. I feel even more so because I know that there's this process and then after that it's this process and then after that is this process and mm -hmm. so it just really makes me want to appreciate it that much more give that much credit to it like music is mm -hmm. i always say music is medicine to my soul which is evident ever since the deftones you know recharged me but it's so important and crucial well, to everybody and people put so much into themselves to music not everybody though. many people all the all the true talents and true musicians put so much of themselves into it and it's very easy to forget how important it is right but unfortunately we are living in a crazy world right now and the thing that mm. yeah the thing i want to point out is mm. that sorry i'm trying to wrap Right, you're mumbling, I get it. And that's the thing is all these other people that the audience right now is more captivated by people that put less than 15 minutes, 20 minutes into their art. And they assume that by saying they could do it so rapidly that there should be some sort of like high praise for that. But that's that's stupid. Nothing that first of all, you're going to see nobody's going to listen even right now people aren't listening to songs that came out two years or three years or five years ago because when you only put a half ass in it only lasts that long so basically mm -hmm. it's like a 99 cent burger from mcdonald's that's what you get you get and hungry you, later again. yes you get hungry later again what what i do is i put out quality and i take the time a to make sure meal? it's quality exactly gourmet meal five star michelin restaurant whatever guess what i'm making tonight Crab legs. Lobster tails. Lobster tails. Shrimp. Lots of seafood. But, but let me finish the thought real quick. <laughs> okay. One of the other things that is also very um, interesting to me right now is that the new Tool album just came out. And Tool had not put out an album since like 2005. So 
That's what I'm saying. Like those guys put out a masterpiece, something that's gonna last for another whatever, however many years. Just like the last album they put out back in '05 lasted all the way to this point. Those guys are also pretty genius. They re- they never put any of their stuff on streaming platforms until this last month of August, and all of a sudden they took over the entire top ten on the Billboard charts. Every single song in the top ten was one of their songs on one of their albums. And you might be stupid, it might be genius, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both, a little bit more on the genius side. But the fact that I'm trying to stress here is that it's quality over quantity. You know, I, I don't respect these little little this and big this and all these mumbles and idiot rappers out there that are just, or just forget, it's not even rap, all these artists that just put out this uh, disposable music and That's entertainment. That's a good term for that. It's, disposable yeah, music it's 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 exactly like a big razor yep yeah not so, even four anyways blades. anyways not that's, the quattro i'm done with my rant for right now <laughs> on music and the audience and the way people are but it's the same thing like we're talking about the instagram thing 30 seconds to a minute long like that's the attention span that the audience has right now that's why we're really grateful for the audience that we have that will sit here and listen to us talk for an hour and a half or so about nonsense it's not nonsense. It's <laughs> brilliant movies it, it sometimes. No, no. But anyways, you get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it, in this short attention span world, it is uh, nice to know that there's people out there that listen um, to stuff that has more substance. Speaking of which, today, uh, yesterday I went to that festival and, you know, cued the Cure fans, but so many hor- classic horror movie fans there. Mm-hmm. Everybody that I noticed had on some kind of classic horror movie garment. Like, there was a Halloween shirt. It was like a Hawaiian shirt, but instead of, like, let's say pineapples, it was Michael Myers, and then a knife, and then it was um, a Jamie Lee Curtis, and then it was it was a tombstone. It was just like that. Like, so many, like, horror fans. And it was so great. I'm like, oh, I'm, in, I'm with my people, and it felt really good. But somebody did mention that they really want to listen to, they really want to watch Peeping Tom, which was our episode one, which I'm kind of embarrassed that people listen to because the audio was so bad. But they're unable to find it. Oh, uh, what do you mean? Episode one's not on, on No, and they're unable to find Peeping Tom. The movie? Yeah. How, how did we find it then? What iTunes. We uh, so everybody... Who's looking for it? Just look on iTunes, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was that hard for us to find. I feel like we... When we watched it on... Oh, wait, you mean iTunes? We watched it on like some sort of Apple TV app or something or what? I don't remember. We'll have to figure it out. But I feel like maybe we have a viewing party or something. Okay. I, I was going to say like um, The Cure... It seems like the because they were kind of like the early birth of almost kind of like goth or at mm-hmm. least that kind of thing, right? And yeah. then like the bands like Misfits or Danzig mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like I feel like a lot of those people <sighs> mm-hmm. are into that whole classic horror, mm-hmm. Bella Lugosi, Boris mm-hmm. Korloff kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Just like yourself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's great that you were around people and guess what i was I ne- in my element <laughs> yeah well you weren't just in your element but you were also in an ice cream parlor t-shirt <laughs> yeah. oh god yeah so we have ice cream parlor t-shirts y'all yeah we just, um we're uh, gonna post them for pre-order soon so if yeah. you like our stuff buy a shirt yeah we would just it'll um, help us a lot really we're really trying to maintain the ad free thing we have going on here and we kind of have to offset it with maybe you guys buying some merch we also are going to get started with our Patreon where we're going to post my rabbit hole episodes and it's just 
whatever tangents I find myself going, usually it's true crime because a lot of these movies are based on real life, uh, real life murders. Um, but sometimes it'll be something like, what does acid feel like? So, you know, it can feel great. And then it can also the feel imperative really word there crazy. was can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the it's called the trip. And the reason why it's called the trip instead of just getting high is because you don't know where the trip's going to take you. <laughs> so um, we'll have that information posted some within the next week or so. But yeah, pre-order your shirts. Yes. And we'll be probably hoping to work on... Um, more merch in the future as well. Too. Yeah, definitely. And um, we're working on some kind of giveaway. Cool. So that'll be cool too. Cool. All right. Well, let's see. Did we cover all the bases? Uh, we talked a lot of crap to each other. Check. We um, interrupted each other sufficiently. Check. Uh, we talked endlessly about ourselves. Check. We mentioned the movie we were doing. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I know sometimes we don't mention it until this point of the podcast. Usually we're like talking about everything else. And then we're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to watch this movie. But uh, yeah, we, we cut right into it this time. Well, all right. Let's get into it. Yeah. I have go. no idea where we're going. We're going to watch this movie I've never seen before. Yeah. Hopefully it is a good one because I, I, I'm, you know, I'm a little skeptic when I see PG-13 and I can, you know, horror... I just, I don't know. I don't know. But I've also realized that the word horror, because I, I always come back and I'm like, I don't think it was a horror movie because it wasn't like scary or didn't whatever. Does it just but, mean that it's something unsettling? Right, right. Anything can be horrific. To like Pink Flamingos. View. It could be horror. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen that either. Um, it's that John Waters movie. Where right, right. Eats I, poop. I, yeah, I, I, I know. I've heard about it. It sounds horrific or horrible. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I'm. Uh, I hope this one's a good one. It's an older movie. It's a classic movie, so I have to try to like, you know, not expect there to be like a lot of special over effects. The, top shit. the yeah. things I like about the older movies, though, is you have to rely on the actors being actors mm -hmm. instead of yeah. special effects, yeah. instead of you know CGI or whatever. Yeah, it's it's relying on them conveying the message to you yeah. through their through their art. Yep. So let's uh, let's go get the popcorn pop and then let's see this movie. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. Absolutely. We'll be right back. samples the finer things of life in his own inimitable way 
and experiments with fascinating instruments of death. The what, sir? The guitar. The ten curses visited upon the pharaohs before Exodus. Nine shall die. Nine eternities in doom. Uh, curse of boils, of bats. Frogs? Frogs, yes. And the curse of blood. Are you ready for Dr. Five? Probably the most terrifying motion picture you'll ever see. And we're back. We're back. How was that? <laughs> it was good. Wait, you said you had something to say. Yeah, I had something to say. But, but I mean, we'll, let's, we'll get into it. How did you like the movie, Heidi? I loved that movie I, I figured you so would. much. I figured you would. It's right up your alley. The kind of old school classic horror. It's, uh, it's based more around the storyline and the acting. As opposed to jump scares and blood and gore that like, you know, which I know you love too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked it. Um, you did. Yeah, I did. I I think because, okay, so what I, what I was saying and what I wanted to say um, when I brought that up was the synopsis that we read had to do with him getting revenge because they killed his wife. Mm-hmm. But the movie doesn't tell you that for a while. So if you didn't know there's, that going in, there's no talking into the, um, no dialogue in the movie until ten minutes in. Yeah, and if and Doctor Fives, the Vincent Price character, doesn't speak until thirty minutes. In. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you had no idea what the synopsis was and you were watching the movie without knowing, no idea what the you fuck you're no watching. No idea. <laughs> At all. Actually, so the tagline was, um, love is never having to say you're ugly or something like that. Oh, really? I didn't catch the And then they changed it. Yeah, because it came out after that one movie that it says, love is never having to say you're sorry. What movie is that? You're a boy. Okay. (laughs) So, I love the movie. It was great. Actually, it started and I just... It made me smile so much because it was like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. He loves her so much. Is it wrong to think that that is very romantic? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, there's many movies I think that use the same theme. Like, isn't that sort of the same theme as The Mummy? Like The New Mummy with Brendan Fraser? Like, a guy wants to bring his dead wife. To... Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> um, no, it's a romance story for sure. It's, uh, it has its elements of horror. Mm-hmm. But it definitely has the romance in it as well, too. Um, so it's technically a, a, a dark comedy horror movie. Yeah, I kind of laughed a little bit here and there. Um, but I wasn't watching it as if it was a comedy. But what I wanted to ask you was, this is not your first Vincent Price movie. So how do you think this one... Like, which one is your favorite? Do you think this one... I, I think you know, this one kind what? of knocks off, like, yeah. the other. Yeah, I, I absolutely 
loved this movie so much. I understand why it's a cult movie, like why it has a, a huge following. Um, you know, my, my son loves fucking kaiju movies and they're Godzilla and he knows everything that has to do with Godzilla. Mm -hmm. But before he under, he was introduced to Godzilla, he knew Vincent Price. Okay. And we used to watch um, classic horror movies together when he was a kid, but Vincent Price was his dude. Yeah, yeah. And so House on Haunted Hill was our movie. Now... He has his own thing and he's a fucking teenager and whatever. I <laughs> gotcha. I gotta do it myself. But this movie was so good. I loved it so much. Nice. Well, I um I can I never saw the original house on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price. And again, this is I think my first movie of his that I'm watching. And I felt like it was very much like a murder mystery, no? Well, I mean, I, I would disagree because I think a murder mystery is like you don't know who's doing the killing. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Like right, right, in right. Screen. Okay. We don't yeah, know who did yeah. the killing. You're right, you're right. Yes. It's so I misworded that. What I meant to say is that it's a mystery in I don't know, like the thing of it is like, okay, we know that he's getting revenge. So it's more of a revenge story, I understand. But it was very like the thing theme that you're following and the character that there's two you know a and b so the cop and then the bad guy which is him i guess it, even though he's not really the bad guy i guess but what i'm saying is like the storytelling is unfolding from the perspective in a way of so we're the finding person trying out, to figure out the mystery yeah, we're finding out the story as a detective is discovering yes, the truth right that's what i'm so, saying why do you word things so much better than i can uh, I'm not drunk. <laughs> right. I don't know if that has something to do with it or not, but maybe. Okay, so the abominable Dr. Phoebes. Not the abominable? <laughs> the Ab abominable wait. Dr. Fives. 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 Yeah. Okay, and it's starring, uh, it's from 1971, and it stars Vincent Price, mm -hmm. my dude. Yes. And yes. Joseph Cotton, not Cotton. 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 With an E-N, right? E-N. Wait, how do you spell regular Oh, with an O-N. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's directed by Robert Fuest. F-U-E-S-T. Fuest. 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 Segura. And it's set in the 1920s. Is it the 20s? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I okay. Early uh -huh. 19... like So 1924, 25. Okay, okay. Okay. So. In like Europe, England. In England. England. Yeah, yeah. Right. In England. Which makes a, you know, a little bit of a different, like, I think it is a big deal for the setting part of it because, uh, you know, the Brits do different things differently than we do. They eat chips. Oh, crisps. Yeah, they eat fish and chips, but they like to eat crisps. crisps. <laughs> and aluminium. Aluminium? Oh, you <laughs> lost me for a brief second there. I thought you said and aluminium. And I'm thinking like, what is aluminium? <laughs> Why is she being so weird? <laughs> yes, yes. Why are you being so weird? All right. So. Or, well, tell me why you like the movie so much. Like in detail. I know you already told in me. In detail? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Let's start from the beginning. So so the movie starts off and there's this grand kind of ballroom. Yeah, he's like having a concert by himself. But 
Oh, you don't know that yet. All we see is this <laughs> organist in like those, like, you know, fandom of the opera saw yeah. organs yeah. rising from the, from the mm-hmm. ground, uh, like from like the level below yes. and the music's being played. And there's like this band at the same level when it finally stops mm-hmm. rising yep. and there's a band and then Stefan comments that guy's fake and I'm like they're all puppets what do you mean that guy's fake <laughs> right it was like a um, a church style organ <clears throat> that he was playing and yeah so as soon as he band, rose up I was like what the hell man those guys look like they're like made out of wood or something well the band is called the Clockward Wizards um, and in my mind it was Clockworks because you know they have those gears and whatever and I thought it was like you know like a wind up doll and uh-huh. and so um, this this Dr. Fibes mm-hmm. is the one is the organist playing the music and we find out later in the movie that right. he's not a medical doctor he has his PhD in theology and he like is well he's like an amazing organist yeah and at this time we wouldn't have even known it was him because he's got this cloak on yeah and you can't see his face or anything but he's just playing the hell out of that organ He's playing the organ and then he comes down um, Mm -hmm. off of the organ yep and he um he gets on the stage with the rest of the The wooden band (laughs) clockwork wizards band they look like they're like made out of wood figures they're just there still stiff yeah and not moving (laughs) and then he goes down the step, this cloaked person, Doctor mm-hmm. Fibes, goes down the steps and he cranks a crank, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the band starts to play, but they're not actually playing. They're like stopping before hitting instruments. They're, it's, it's just like, music um, in the background. It's like it's a small world in Disney. Yes, it's that's like it is. Little robot and just as creepy. Kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Really, really um, strange. And then. We look to the opposite side of the room. So let's say the stage with the organ was on one side of the room, mm-hmm. at one side of on the end zone over there, yeah. and then on the other end zone, there's a door that opens up, and this beautiful woman walks out, and she's in a beautiful gown. Yes, and she makes her way down to Doctor Fives, and they do this beautiful dance, and that's when I'm like, oh my god, yeah. this is so lovely. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's kind of like a tango or something, right? Yeah, and like you're or like you feel this whatever. warmth and just humanity. You feel humanity, right? Because even though, yes, we come into this movie knowing that he's a villain. Well, we don't know anything as a viewer at this point. Again, we know it from the synopsis that we read. But if you just watch the this trailer. Without, well, right. We watched the trailer. I get it. Like, But I'm saying if you just were viewing this without having. You think people would go into movies just not well, knowing. Well, sometimes people do. This was 1971. So, you know what? You don't know well, what people were doing back then. Okay. Well, either way, what I'm saying is, it's like, even if you know that this is a horror movie and that may be Dr. Fives, the thing is, the setting of the movie doesn't tell you much okay. at that point. So at this point, they're loving, they seem like they yeah. love each other, they care they're, for one another, mm-hmm. and they're dancing the tango, mm-hmm. and the woman named Valnavia. Ooh, what a name. <laughs> Valnavia? Val, Val. Volnavia. Volnavia. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that sounds more uh, like... Eastern Bloc European rather than... Well, so this is in England, <laughs> and we find out later that he at some point was in Switzerland, so okay. they get yeah. around. Vulnavia. <laughs> so they, they dance really quickly. Like, it was a very short dance, and then he kind of dismisses her, and then he goes and lowers this, what looks like a bird, a bird cage, cage, yeah, and lowers it 
into the ground, the like it looks like maybe the garage. Yeah, because he's got then like Volnavia gets down there and she like secures it to the back of a car. A really cool like car. Oh, yeah, like it's like a Rolls old, Royce. Yeah, or it was a Rolls Royce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and secures it to the back. Dr. Fives gets in the car and the windows, the windows are like they have okay. I remember doing this as a kid in class. Um and you would sit on the chair and then there would be a huge light hitting you on one side and mm-hmm. then the teacher would draw your silhouette okay. so that you had your silhouette. Yeah. Okay, you yeah. had that too, right? No. But you understand But I what I'm know saying? how right. to do silhouettes, yes. So, so <laughs> in this case, um imagine that like attached to the window. Yes. And you would you couldn't see inside the window. Yeah. You could see like a drawing or a silhouette yeah. of a man yeah. in the back. And what I was thinking is that the reason for that was because he's just trying to be incognito when he's driving around, which is kind of a little corny. Maybe it's 1920s tinted windows. Exactly. <laughs> but it's also corny, but it's funny corny. So I like because laughed it's not, at it. It's not like, yeah, 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 I laughed like at I it didn't, too. I didn't think it was so stupid that I was like, what the fuck am I watching? I laughed at it and I liked it. And yeah. And to this point, no words yet. No words. Right. Yep. Just music. So, Volnavia and Dr. Fibes get in the car and they drive off. Where are they going? Who the fuck knows? But then we're introduced, introduced. introduced to Dr. Dunwoody. Yes. Dr. Dunwoody is in his bedroom, um, an opulent bedroom. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's grandiose, right? Mm-hmm. And he's reading a book and then suddenly he's like, oh, I'm going to go to sleep. And he's still not talking, but he's, yeah. you know, just... He, he rolls over and goes to sleep. Yeah, he's like made that. some money in his lifetime and he's yeah. living it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's an I want to sleep there. Except I would reposition it because I wouldn't want my feet to face like mirrors. I don't know. It just seems weird. I, yeah. You know what? In that whole scene, I, I wasn't paying attention to the mirrors. I don't know. You kept saying mirrors and I was like, oh. Well, anyway, like he's yeah. asleep and then we see he has a skylight. Yeah. And the skylight opens and the cage drops in. Mm-hmm. And then this cage goes out. Yeah. And, and then the skylight closes again. Well, when the cage goes out, they've also lifted the there's veil a tra- there's a, that's been covering it. There's uh, the trap door is also Yeah, the open. trap door is open like, at the bottom. Yeah. And so the window closes. Nothing happened. Suddenly, what's We're assuming name? it's a bird. Okay, so suddenly Dunwoody like, like wakes up and he's uneasy. And he's like, what the shit? And he's like looking around his bedroom and he just sees like shadows darting one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what the actual fuck? Next thing you know, I let out a huge gasp because there's this fucking bat <laughs> right in his face. Yeah. And it's like in your face, like, oh, it's too close. And oh it's, my like gosh. A, it's like I've a never giant... seen a bat that close before yeah, those are like giant vampire bats too they're not like the little tiny ones that like flutter around like 500 in a cave they were like the size of rats like big i wonder if those are real i think well when it was flying i com- i did notice the strings yeah but because this is why my son thought that vincent price was a comedian because all of the old-timey effects. special effects yeah, like yeah. house of haunted hill you can see like strings and rickety like yeah. crates and whatever i gotta watch that one yeah so uh, but but you do see things yeah that, like, but no when it was whatever. crawling up on him i would bet to say that those were probably real bats. oh my gosh no thank you yeah back in 71 they didn't have many options and it didn't look that much like a puppet i, I definitely the one on uh flying was on strings so 
bats, bats galore. Mm-hmm. The next morning, we see it's the next morning, and his, his butler, butler yeah, is his coming in with breakfast. a delicious looking fucking breakfast. Mm-hmm. He opens the door. And he sees that there are bats everywhere. And Dunwoody's face is all had eaten been up and chewed up. And, shit. and there's yeah. a bat that lands on the breakfast. Yeah. And I'm like, God and, damn it. And actually, well, most bats do hang upside down. But I'm just saying definitely these bats were hanging upside down. Which again, kind of in my head. Makes them real. Yes, but it also took me to a... This is like a vampire bat, Dracula oh, you kind thought, of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, you know, I didn't. I didn't really know what the movie like, was. Right, gotcha. but I'm not saying it was super like Dracula. I'm just saying there it's vampire bats. Like those bats are different than little fruit bats. Right. That's all. So of course the butler calls the police mm-hmm. or Scotland Yard. Yeah, whatever England uses over there. I know they use Scotland Yard, but they also that that's like I don't know. They didn't ever say they were from Scotland. Yeah, Yard. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did. At some point, okay, he says, all right, all right. "Yeah, yeah." That's so, their like detectives. Yeah, we there. find Inspector Trout, <laughs> and that is who we follow throughout this entire movie. And uh, Doctor Fives and Inspector Trout. Mm-hmm. Trout. That's a funny last Excuse name. Excuse me. And throughout the movie, the little humorous part of it is they keep calling him. A different kind of fish instead of trap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he has um he has like another there's like a detective like on top of the yeah, dresser like, uh, and whatever. Oh, but there's oh like, yeah, that was that was a little yeah. But then British there, comedy. Yeah, British comedy. Which <laughs> I dig. I like keeping up appearances is one of my, my all time favorite shows. Like I, I dig it. But it's um it's this another detective that's there or another inspector that's there with him. Yeah. And he's like, This reminds me of another doctor who died in a weird way. And they kind of are like, oh, well, maybe we should um, investigate this together. And the other doctor had been killed um, because there were bees released and he had boils everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how they found him. Yeah. So that's but we don't two see that doctors one. dead. No, that, we don't. Right. But that's right off the bat, two doctors dead. Yeah, two doctors dead. And that's why they're like, hmm, they're both doctors and mm-hmm. they both died in de- in, in, in weird ways. Something must be up. Yeah. Well, that's actually catching on pretty quick. I mean, Scotland Yard's on their fucking game right there because <laughs> it didn't take them like five murders in at this point. They were like, wait a minute, two doctors, something's going on. It wasn't seven. <laughs> right, right. Like the movie Seven. Yeah, the movie right. Seven, right. So, um, and that's actually the first time anybody talks in the movie mm-hmm. yeah. is when those inspectors are talking. Yeah. All right. And then... Suddenly, we're at this masquerade ball or this party where people have to wear masks. Yeah. Weird shit. What was it? Eyes wide shut type shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, in between that, we also see that Dr. Fibes is putting on prosthetics. Yeah, we do. Now, so we know that that's not his real face, mm-hmm. but we don't know what his face looks like underneath yet. Right. Um, we see that he has uh, he has to put on ears. <laughs> and that's how we are like, oh, I guess his he has prosthetics. Anyway, and then the next thing you know, we're at this party. And we meet there Dr. Hargraves. Hargraves? Hargraves. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I don't know. I just, another doctor. Doctor number three. Doctor number three. Dr. Hargraves. Hargraves? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he is given this opulent mask that's like... Straight out of Saw. Yeah, it was like a. <laughs> what was it? Was it like a Green Goblin it was, no, or something? No, no, it like, was a frog. Oh, right, a frog. That's it was right. a frog, yeah, that's and right. so 
Luckily, Dr. Fives was there to help him get it mm-hmm. on. He didn't know who he was because they're all wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Right. But, so he helps to put it on, but he also it, clicks it yeah, in. Yeah, he engages and it, this, it, like, in, like, this like, mechanism. Mm-hmm. And it's slowly tightening. Yeah, yeah. One more. Yep. It's tightening and tightening and tightening. It's like it saw. a little too tight. Exactly. Yeah. And so, at, okay. So then he's like trying to mingle. He's like, point me to the ladies. And, and then Dr. Fives kind of ushers him a certain way. And then he's like. He's like trying to be at the party and then mm-hmm. it gets tighter and tighter and he's trying to get help, but nobody can understand him because he's in this fucking giant frog mask. Frog mask. <laughs> but okay, so the mask is like metal. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, but it's so beautiful. I, it, it, it's like well, it's, somebody took a lot of time into yeah, it. Yeah, the 1920s were saying, so that could still maybe be considered a little bit of like the uh steampunkish kind of stuff <laughs> i mean steampunk might be way further back than that in reality i'm just saying that like it was a very well, early it was, time it was pretty cool plus um, it was england so, so you know. he's like on the top of the stairs and then suddenly he just goes mm-hmm. and gets too tight he falls on the stairs and next thing you know blood yep. Starts. he's dead he's dead yeah. he is dead so that is three doctors three doctors down and we're only like 20 minutes into the movie maybe right mm-hmm. maybe less um this is when we first get to see dr five's face right and we see that it's like a little disfigured like it doesn't look quote normal um we can see the prosthetics like underneath like the makeup is kind of like hanging off of him a little bit um but i think he's supposed to look like wait what's up with his face right i think it's intentionally meant to be that way so you know that he's not human I was going to say something having to do with the Saw reference that mm-hmm. you said, because technically there's more Saw-esque references later on in the movie, but we'll get to that. Yeah, so this is like pre-Saw. Pre-Saw, like... way, obviously, 71, right? <laughs> but this is like so good. Like, I really like this movie. Okay, so then the next murder. This one is fucking awesome. You like right. this one? Yeah, because we meet... Dr. Longstreet. Yeah, Longstreet. And Dr. Longstreet, how do we meet him? We meet him because he is like like hurriedly trying to open up this package that came in the mail. And then his housekeeper comes in and he's like, oh, oh, Mrs. Mm -hmm. Raleigh or whatever it was. Like, oh, um, no, take the night off or whatever. And he's like trying to rush her off. And she's like, don't all I made. I left you some dinner. And she's being all pleasant. And yeah. she's like, yeah. you okay with me having the night off? He's like, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Of I'll course. Ra-. Get he out goes, of here. I'd rather enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> and so next thing you know, we see he's cranking something. And it's like a, a movie. A real, a real, and he's like video projector. Yep. Um, onto like this little screen that's in mm-hmm. front of his door. Yep. And it is 1920s porn, Basically, maybe? basically. Question mark, question mark? I mean, there's no real nudity, but it's a chick, it's and it's a, a chick she's dancing with a snake. Scantily clad. Yes. She's swirl like, she's like, um, dancing twirling a, the snake. She's putting she, it in her mouth. It's a she's giant grinding on ball it. constrictor or python. It's like tip. banana. Right. What? What's banana? Banana is that big snake, like Britney Spears had in the video. It's this big yellow mm. snake that is in Hollywood that uh, everybody. Well, that, that yeah, okay. So that yellow, it wasn't yellow and it was this black and white. It was black and white, right? The movie's not right. black and white. The porn he was watching was black and white. Right. It's either a boa constrictor or a python, but I'm not that much of a snake expert to be able to tell. But in a grainy 1920s right, porn. But the point that I'm trying to make is that it wasn't a small snake. 
Uh-huh. It was big, and she's twirling it around. Like, I think that footage was for real. Whenever I watch old movies, I start to remember, like, they didn't have CGI <laughs> and a lot of, like, crazy movie techniques. So then I start to think, Yeah, like, I think it was real, everything too. Is, she puts the snake's face in her mouth and is, like, spinning it around and doing all this crazy shit. Yeah. I was like, wow. That's the movie I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> so... Next thing you know, he's like cranking it and getting all excited. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and cranking it. And you're like, is that like supposed to be a metaphor for masturbation? Yeah, well, I don't know. Because he has to crank did... this thing. And he's like, uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh, right? But did video projectors back then have... I, that's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. remember that like, far back. <laughs> no. That, that would be funny if that's how they started off or you had to actually manually crank it to keep it going because that's what they're basically implying. <laughs> yeah. So next thing you know... He looks up shocked. Yep. Because, because his housekeeper walked in she and she's and all he sees is her face above the screen. And she's like, naughty, naughty. Yeah, yeah she knew right away. <laughs> she goes, no, she didn't. She goes, naughty, oh, naughty. Right, 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 and right. then he's like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, you didn't eat your dinner. And so she hands him the plate and she's like, what's this? He's like, oh, it gets to keep the drafts out. It's new technology. <laughs> so he, 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 he shoes her away and then he... It's going to go and, and kick, crank in again. And next thing you know, Volnavia walks in out of nowhere. Yeah. I like and, Volnavia. Yeah. And she is, we didn't describe her. She's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Brunette. And she's nice. Yes. Slim. She's, she's got, Pro- like, she's very fashionable as we hear later. Somebody describe yeah. her as. And she's absolutely silent. She does not talk whatsoever. Yeah. That, so, I mean, I actually enjoyed a lot. That she doesn't talk? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> so well, to have a hot chick who doesn't talk back? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, Volnavia just walks in and she stares deeply into, what is this doctor's name again? Uh, Longstreet. Dr. Longstreet. And straight into his eyes and very seductively, like, walks him back to a chair and he she ties him up and he's like Uh-oh. oh hey am i i'm long street yeah yeah <laughs> and naughty, then ex- naughty. and then <laughs> and then dr fives walks in with a medical bag uh yeah and then long street doesn't say what's going on he goes um, who's this person? <laughs> yeah, right. He's very nonchalant. I was like, okay, who's well, we're adding another <laughs> fucking Brits. <laughs> so what they end up doing is draining him of his blood. Yeah. So he's tied yeah, up. Yeah. So Dr. Fives and Volnavia stick him in like this huge fucking huge gauged needle and start draining his blood slowly. Yep. And then he's they, like thrashing around and he like grabs um, the amulet that Dr. Fives is wearing. We forgot the amulet parts. Oh, right. So after the first kill, Dr. Fives put um, oh, right. yeah, the they, amulet over the like a wax bust of that. That looks exactly like the person he just killed. Yeah. yeah. And then he melts their face. Yeah. Like he's, the, he's of the bust. Got, mm-hmm. So in this case. And these amulets have like Hebrew numbers or letters on yeah, them. Yeah. Right. And so we'll find out about those in a second from the rabbi that we meet soon. But mm-hmm. um, at this point, Dr. Longstreet like rips it off in his attempt to try to free himself, but to no avail. Right. However, the amulet does drop on the floor and nobody notices. I notice. <laughs> <laughs> so 
What else you got? Um, thus far in the movie, again, I was still trying to figure out if like anybody knew that he was doing this because they killed. Like, did they even know they were dying because he they killed well, his probably wife? Probably not, because if we look at Doctor Long's. Okay, so the first Doctor, Doctor. What Whatever, was his name? Doctor One, Two, Three. There's okay, too so many the Doctor with the bats. Yeah. He um. He was asleep. Right. So he had no idea. Right. And then this doctor, he thought he was going to jack off all night. Right. Um, and Volnavia, like, all she did throughout the entire time was play the violin. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody spoke to him. Right. So, again, what I'm saying is from their perspective, is it like they just think some crazy killer's on the loose. Like, they don't understand why they're being murdered. Like, they don't know why it's all connected to the, the fact that they... And why... How did she die? Like, we didn't get any backstory on how these nine doctors we killed did, her. We did. But one second. Well, but not yet is what I'm saying. Right. Right. Not yet. Yeah. And not yet. Meaning like as we a don't viewer, know we don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't know that there's any motive for the killer yet. Everybody's right. just dying, basically. Right. So the next thing you know, the police are there because the housekeeper called. Yep. Right. Um, And they find the clue, the amulet with the Hebrew writing on it. Um. The inspector, Inspector Trout, Trout, takes the amulet to like this jeweler or something. And <laughs> a rabbi? <laughs> no, a jewelry maker. Yeah, yeah, I know. And Same he, thing, he right? tells him, Oh, I made these for this beautiful woman, very fashionable woman. She had 10 of them made. They were all different. Um, and then they're beautifully crafted. Yes, I don't remember who she was, but she was silent. She paid and she paid all the balance in cash. And then he tells Trout as Trout is leaving, I think the writing on there is Hebrew. And that one Trout's like, aha, I shall go find a rabbi. Yeah. And he does. Yeah. It looked very Hebrew to me, too. I don't, I don't know how to read Hebrew, but they just had that well, style of letters. I recognize some Hebrew writing because, you know, um, I grew up going to, well, my mom was a housekeeper and she worked for mainly prominent Jewish families. Gotcha. And so, and a lot of the kids, like when my kids were little, they're like, you know, plastic plates and their cutlery and stuff all were from Passover. So they all had Hebrew. Right. So, right. <laughs> yeah. And Hebrew is, is like hand-me-downs. very, it's almost like calligraphy. It's got a little, like, it looks like brush strokes. That's what I yeah. recognize. Yeah. Out of it. We can call you. Can, yeah. That's a good way of saying it. So he finds a rabbi and the rabbi tells him that the writing seems to be a representative of the 10 plagues of the pharaohs. Mm-hmm. And um, from what I understand, I, I mean, we all know that when Moses said, well, the story is that when Moses went to the pharaoh and said, let my people go, he said, nah. And then Moses was like, all right, I told you, we better yeah. watch out. And there were all these plagues, right? <laughs> so um, the plagues were blood. Um, actually, so... In this, in the, for the purposes of this movie, mm-hmm. the plagues were boils. Boils. Yeah, because the guy had boils from the bees. Yeah. Um, bats. Yep. Frogs. Frogs. Blood. Blood. Blood, and then there's first. hailstorm. There's hail. There's firstborn. Firstborn. Yeah. There's just a whole bunch, but we'll we'll get through yeah, them. Yeah, but. yeah. So, well, actually, let me do this. I actually wrote them down. Give me one second. Well, 
one thing I wanted to know real quick was that rabbi had some crazy eyebrows. Did like they <laughs> purposely put them up like that, like brush them up bushy, you think, for like well, ca- I don't know. cinematic so purposes? Here's, here's what I wrote. The rabbi tells him there's the curse of the boils, bats, frogs, curse of blood. And that's where we are with um, Longstreet. Yeah, Longstreet. Um, yeah. The curse of rats, hail, beasts, locusts. And the death of the firstborn, finally the darkness. The darkness. Right. Charlie Murphy. <laughs> what are you saying? Um, but those eyebrows, though, did you see that? She was like, do you think he came into his audition? They were like, that's the guy because of the eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> the eyebrows were on fucking fleek. Jesus. So he tells him that that's the case. And, you know, so now he's like, oh, shit, we got a serial killer. Like, as in he's going to kill in a series of events, I guess. I don't know. So then. Well, he's already killed like three or four. We're on number four right now, right? Three. Four. Four, yeah. One we didn't see. And three right, we right, did right. See. Three we did. Yeah. Right. So that's right? serial killer shit, right? One we didn't see. Bats. And then. Frog, and then the one Blood. we're talking yeah. about. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so the frog. Okay. But that's so, serial killer shit, right? After that's four. That's serial killer shit. Have yeah. you seen the movie Seven? Yeah. What's in the box? Yeah. Same shit. Right. Right? But I mean, after but just four, one is the you're a serial tales, killer, right? And I don't know. You know. <laughs> Allegedly, she doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so then... um they're trying to put things together. Meanwhile, at Scotland Yard, the police, I don't know what the words are, but the police chief, let's say, was like, no, you can't go at this at a serial killer. You're gonna, the press is going to go crazy if you let this information loose. So it's all poli- getting all political or whatever. This kind of solidifies their whole, we need to investigate this. I need more people and right. whatever. Right? Okay. So then we meet Dr. Vesalius. I don't remember all their names, but that's Dr. Vesalius. Vesalius. He is the head doctor, like the lead doctor that all of the other doctors mm-hmm. worked for at that time. That was their uh, there uh, was common denominator there. Yeah. And so they they said, well, the only thing that I we found um, in um, common for all these four doctors, except for the fact that they died weirdly and they were doctors, was they all worked for this guy at mm-hmm. some point. And so this guy is. It, it's the guy that they visit. He used to work for them. And we find him. He I'm His son introduced you, us, and I'm, he's sitting on the floor playing with trains. Yeah. I'm glad that you introduced us to the head doctor. <laughs> yeah, so his son is <laughs> playing. Well, they're playing. <laughs> I was trying to get it out. Um, That's what she said. So they're playing with trains, which is, it's not very odd for the times because that was sort of like a hip thing to do. Like, I got a train set, bro. But, um, yeah, so we we now meet the son uh-huh. and the, I don't remember, doctor number five or whatever. <laughs> doctor Vesalius. He's going to be yeah. with us throughout the rest All of the right, movie. Well, well, yeah. Right. So, Dr. Vesalius, um, you know, they go, they go to him, they tell him the information, like what information, and then they come back to him at a later date. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then he tells them, well, of all of these cases, these people, whatever, these don't count, these, you know, the, uh, there's only one case in which I worked with all four of those doctors at the same case, right? Right. And that was Mrs. Fives, mm-hmm, right? right? This is where it's now starting to make yeah. a connection. So, according to Doctor Vesalius, she has been, um, she was dying from an undisclosed illness, and her name is Victoria Fives, right? 
undisclosed illness. However, they tried to operate on her, but they didn't get it in time. Like they found out that she had this issue mm-hmm. too late. And so they were not able to, to help save her. her. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so and then she had a husband, she had a husband and they phoned him when she died and he was rushing from Switzerland and then he went off a cliff and he, his car exploded. He died. He caught on fire, died. Yeah. Those... And so there was nobody else. So there's no way that it was her. There's no way it was Dr. Fives. Who was the killer? Hmm. Why, why this case? And so now they're like, oh, okay. So I got something going on. But I don't know, this guy's dead, this girl's dead, who can it be? So it leads you to think, well, that's when I was like, well, who could it be? Yeah. Right? Yeah, you started guessing. You started thinking that it might be... I'm like, I bet you it's Vol- his son. Yeah, you're I like, said- Volnavia? Volnavia? Vol- uh-huh. Yeah, sorry. I just feel like <laughs> the wrong word's going to come out when I say... Volva? <laughs> I don't know. But I- <laughs> um, and I, I'm like, wait, maybe it's Vesuvius's... Um, Vesalius's... Vesalius's <laughs> <laughs> Vesalius's son. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Because we find out that... Um, doc- that that um, Dr. Vesalius's son... Is a musician and he enjoyed the music of Dr. Fibes. Mm-hmm. And doc, that's how they're like, Dr. Fibes, wait a minute. And so they do a little bit more research. And the owner of the music shop is like, he's my customer. He comes in all the time. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then it starts to get interesting. Yes. Yeah, exactly. All the pieces are starting to come together now. Yeah. So this is when Trout starts to suspect that. Dr. Fives, like, could still be alive, potentially. And and maybe it was the chauffeur that was the one that was mm-hmm. incinerated. Trout's going through every possible scenario. He's actually doing a good job, yeah. although he's kind of a dweeb. Yeah, right. Yeah. But he is. He's a cop. He's, he's a detective, whatever. And he's trying his best to figure this out. He's definitely not like, ah, oh, I don't know. Fuck right. Yeah. But now they're on, they're on somebody's trail. They don't know who's yet, but they're on somebody's trail. Next thing you know, we meet Dr. Hedgepath. Hedgepath. These names. But this are is crazy. how we meet him. If you say it in Bonavia. a British Sorry. I was gonna say if you say it in a British accent. Hedgepath. Dr. Hedgepath. I can't do accents. <laughs> if you say all of them, they're fucking Dr. Longstreet. Okay. Volnavia. Volna- Volnavia is on the side of a road with her uh the hood of her car open. And she's walking this sad looking dog. And typical scenario where you probably shouldn't stop, but for, you should. Uh, you know, you, you you have you you end up doing it, but so you probably should. So then, Doctor Hedgepath and his chauffeur drive by, but he orders him to stop and says to the chauffeur, "Go help her out. <laughs> yeah. She's she, she's got a bit of a she's got a spot of trouble. A spot of trouble." <laughs> and so he goes. The chauffeur goes and helps her while the chauffeur is like hunched over in the car. Um, Dr. Fives comes behind him and does the Vulcan, what is it? Yeah, the Vulcan death grip or yeah. whatever it is. I'm not a Star Trek <laughs> fan, but he grabs him by, and the guy and, drops. And drops. It's fucking crazy. Next thing you know, they get this machine out from the car mm-hmm. and they go to Dr. Hedgepath's car. Yeah. And I was trying to think, like, what that is this? Volnavia thing? puts a doll in there. And it's creepy as shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just this porcelain doll. She just leaves it the in there. The doll kind of looks like it has special needs. I'm just saying. 
Dolls come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> saying that it's a problem, and I'm trying to say it the most politically correct way possible. Well, so, but the, the doll looked like it had special needs. So we don't know how it happens until the <laughs> scene where they discover the body. Right. And what happens next is, um, Inspector Trout gets there, and um, they find that <laughs> Doctor Hedgepath. So many fucking names. Doctor Hedgepath has been frozen to death yes in his own car by like some super so air they conditioning had this system. air conditioning system blowing right at him and it froze him that's and crazy. that's how he died yeah that is a curse of hail hail it's it's a long stretch but hail in the middle of nowhere yeah. <laughs> all right so then dr Ch- uh, inspector trout and Doctor Doctor Sayus Doctor Sayus. No, I'm just kidding. Doctor Bass is my kid's pediatrician. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Isn't <you> that know, <laughs> funny? I'm just thinking trout, bass. You they know, call them pike. Salmon. Tilapia. Right. Uh, so trout and Ves- Vesuvius. <laughs> trout and Vesalius. Vesalius. Um, work together to try to figure out what's going on. So they end up going to the cemetery, mm-hmm. um, where the fives are said to be interned. Right? And it's one of those, what's it called? Kind of like a tomb thing you were talking about? Yeah. And they go into there and then they open up the the cement one and then they open up their actual coffin. Yeah. And then they see his ashes are in there. But Mm -hmm. it really could be anybody's ashes. Right. And then they go to open up uh, Victoria's, right? Mm -hmm. They open up Victoria's and there's nobody. Right. And they're like, Empty. what the shit? And then you're like, is it her? Did she survive? And then her poor husband died for nothing as he was trying to rush over to her? What's the deal? I don't know, but it's getting, uh, you know, pretty deep right now. Right. Next thing you know... So, so that, okay, so Trout and, the, um, Trout and his other inspector, I don't remember his name, um, they're like, holy shit. It's something real. We need to take care of all of the other doctors on this list um, that worked on this woman because they're all going to fucking die. Inspector Flounder. Yes, you're right. They're all going to fucking die. <laughs> they're all going to get killed the fuck up. <laughs> and, <Peace> so, <laughs> and so you see the other, the helper guy, the other detective rushing in this car going 90 miles an hour, which is really, really fast for 1924. Yes. And he is going to this airfield. And we find out that they're there because there is a Dr. Kitaj. And Dr. Kitaj is like this Ken doll looking kind of doctor who flies airplanes. Yeah. And yeah. so he's getting in his airplane and he's going to... He's take gonna a flight. Fly. Yeah, he's just going and for so a flight. He's he's taking off. He's taking off. The car is coming. Almost the guy's flashing his lights flashing behind his him lights. and everything. He's like, Stop. and suddenly the, <laughs> the, the airplane leaves. Airplane takes leaves, off. and we can see Doctor Fives and um, Volnavia, Volnavia, watching from a distance on like on the hill, and she's playing the violin. He's got like he's a got giant a telescope. telescope or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah, and she's playing a you white take violin. it from here because. I refuse to watch this yes, part. You so go do nuts. not want to look at the screen because all of a sudden these gigantic no, rats. No, don't tell me. No, don't tell me. 
Hold the on. plane was filled with rats, gigantic rats. There okay, was so probably... do this. Go like this, nod your head when you're done talking about the rats. Go. Okay. There were probably, well, it started off with a rat, but then it got to two rats. And the guy's trying to fly an airplane, and there's just rats all around his feet. They start showing rats on his neck. They show a couple rats on his crotch, and they keep zooming in on the rat's eyes, and the rat's eyes are all red. And Fibes is over there with his tele- uh, telescope or whatever, and he's just like watching what's happening. And he's like, you know, seeing the plane go out of control and everything like that. And there's just more and more rats. This whole, Mm-mm. like, how the hell did all these rats get in the airplane? What is going on with all these motherfucking rats on this motherfucking plane? <laughs> but eventually, Samuel L. Jackson's gonna kill you. <laughs> eventually, the rats take over. And the and they they bite him up so much and there's one scene that you missed where the rat was like no 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 me it was like no. the teeth of the it was, I don't know what it was but it was like skin or raw flesh or muscle or tissue or something <laughs> but it was like and it was ripping it out and it was kind of gross uh, but then basically the guy loses uh. his you know control and pff, crashes the plane and Doctor Fibes is like yeah yeah another one. <laughs> <laughs> David. Oh my god. So rats killed this guy. And that's the curse of rats. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we're down, I think that's number six, right? Or number five. I lost track. I lost track. Okay. So then that's when Trout and the other doctor the other inspector flounder. are like flounder <laughs> are like, we need to make sure we're on the remaining because we have Dr. Whitcomb and then we have the nurse Allen. And then Dr. Vesalius. Which, wait, let's, because I was thinking about it too. What The nurse doesn't count as a doctor. He said nine doctors. There was one off screen, but they're counting the nurse as a doctor here, aren't they? But she was, she's still assistant. Okay. But, Come on, just let the movie right, go all forward. Right, all right, all okay. right. <laughs> so Dr. Whitecomb is next. And he is, I don't know, at some guy's club. Not Ew. a gentleman club like strippers, but like gentlemen in where old men with fat cigars would just sit there and read newspapers, oh, apparently. Hence the name White Comb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and a bloody Brit at that, mate. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I love England, by the way. <laughs> I fucking do. I spent a lot of time there and I have family there. So I'm just making jokes. <laughs> Um, I like fish and chips. Anyway, I've never been there. I only just started to travel. That's an optimistic way. <laughs> I like that one. So, what happens? He's like, Dr. Whitecomb's like, I'll go, um, but I'm going to be back within a week because I have patients and they're counting on me. And he yeah. opens the door and gets he impaled. He gets fucking impaled by a <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> Who would ever thought after all that shit? Here's a unicorn that fucking pow, sticks and him right. The funny part was he was impaled, he was stuck to the wall behind him. And they're like, shit, how do we get out? And because it was a unicorn, it was it like was threaded. Spiral yeah. and threaded. And so they yep. had to twirl the body they, around. And there was a guy they, sitting in the next room and he's reading his newspaper. And behind him, you just see the, uh, the yeah. dead doctor's feet twirl around. But the two guys, had they came up with the idea. They were like, you grab his head and I'll grab his feet. And we'll twist him. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guy's like, stop making noise. Can Whatever. we have some quiet in this <laughs> Can club? Can we have some quiet in this club? Which nobody's ever said about a club. Right. I know. <laughs> Except for the bloody Brits, mate. <laughs> so... 
That is the um, curse of the beasts. Apparently, of six 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 number of the beast. The curse of the beast. Apparently, um, shit. What is her name? Um, I forgot wait, her name. Not we're not talking about Volnavia, right? Yes, Volnavia. Volnavia and Doctor Fibes catapulted the unicorn's head into Doctor Whitecomb. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah. And so, of course, now, the not the chief of police, but let's say who the equivalent of the mayor is on their asses and is like, y'all need to stop this shit. <laughs> right? And he's like... Yeah, he's, a, he's that little tiny out. guy. That's he's all a like, tiny guy. Rah, 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 rah. He's there mostly just to... I don't know. He made me laugh. Yeah. He reminded me of my boss, but I will say no more. He waves his arms around and flails and yells and acts like everything's going to just become better because he does that. So they have a plan. <laughs> What's the plan? They're going to have armed security on the remaining. And the remaining are the nurse. Which doesn't count as a doctor. And Dr. Vas- Dr. Vasilius. Vasilius, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what they do is they surround the hospital where the nurse is working. And they're telling her she needs to stay at the hospital yeah. because they can watch it. Yeah. They have guards here, yeah. here, 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 everywhere. They're, they're telling her, stay in here, go to sleep, relax, but don't leave. We got to protect mm-hmm. you, whatever. Um, and they also acknowledge that the doctor, Dr. Fibes, might already be in the mm-hmm. hospital. And, and Trout says, well, I hope so because then he can't get out. Mm, has he really? not been paying attention? He has, has he not, not watched no, this movie? He has not been watching the movie, but... Let's talk about that scene because in that scene, Dr. Fives is there in the background the whole time out of focus, but you don't see it until the very last second. When, when the, he, elevator closes. the elevator closes and he looks at the camera. Oh, it's brilliant. Wasn't that great? Yeah. That was, that was great, great, right? That was great. Oh, so good. Out of focus, in focus. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... While the nurse is going up to her room with one of the with the other inspector, Doctor uh, Vesalius and Trout are downstairs having a conversation, and that's when Trout says, "So I don't know if it's occurred to you yet. You're probably next on the list, um, Doctor V." And they're like, "We don't know what the darkness is. We don't understand what the darkness is." It's Charlie Murphy. We- <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, people will know. Is this a Chappelle thing? Yes, okay. it is. So anyway. Darkness. <laughs> Fuck your couch. <laughs> I've seen that one. I've seen that episode. Yeah, well, that's the Charlie. That's, that's Rick James, he, right? Yeah, that's where he, he calls Charlie Murphy the darkness. It's like darkness. <laughs> the darkness is also a band, and they believe in a thing called love. Well, I believe in a thing called Charlie Murphy. Anyway, they don't know what the darkness is. Charlie Murphy hadn't been born yet. <laughs> <laughs> he might have. What are you talking about? Not He's... in 1924. Oh, well, it will be set oh, yeah, in 1924. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Right. So they're like, well, the next, the next curse is the death of the firstborn. And he's like, well, I think I'm safe because I'm actually the second. I have yeah, an older brother. Yeah. Idiot. Yep. And Idiot. Then... And then finally, like, they just sit there like, oh, okay, good. You're safe. And then Trout goes, Trout's like, what about your firstborn? Yeah, and yep. he's like, my son. And they book it. Yeah, but right? Trout is almost panicking more than the other guy in a sense. Don't you think so? Like, hmm. the, I don't know. The way I saw it was Trout well, was like, oh, my God, your son. And the other was like, oh, yeah, Fight my or flight son. are different for everybody, remember? <laughs> like, seriously, you can't just base it off of what one person does versus what another right. person does. Right, all right, anyways. So, anyway, 
they're going off on their own to go find the son. The nurse is upstairs. Fives is in the elevator. Mm-hmm. And he goes up one more floor. Yeah. To the room that's directly above the nurse's mm-hmm. room. Now, and he has this, this diagram is... of a woman. Full length, like what a woman, like what this woman specifically, her size. And he lays it on the ground and then gets a drill, like a hand drill, not like a me- mechanical one, but like one that you have to crank. To me, this start... is pure comedy. Yeah, it's pure comedy. But he cranks in through her head uh-huh. so a that hole. there's a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, you're distracting me. Um, a hole so that he can see directly down through the floor to the level below her, below mm-hmm. him, where she's asleep. Yep. Pure comedy. And then he drips what is like this, maybe like, maybe nectar or sap or something that he made specifically for the motherfucking locust. Yeah. He made it out of like fucking Brussels Brussels sprouts sprouts or some shit. It was like some green goo. It was like slime. Wheatgrass. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. Yeah. Wheatgrass. And so he covers her head on it and then he pipes through the locust and then he fucking takes off oh yeah you though so they're like giant grasshoppers but that's what locusts are right i i don't know i've never had one oh well apparently they like to bite and eat whatever this green shit is because they ate ate her, her whole fucking she, face so off. when so when um they ate her face oh so then <laughs> before we just okay so we just see him piping the locust in but then it cuts to the house for Dr. Vesuvius. Dr. V. Dr. Velociraptor? Oh, Dr. V. So, okay, so the fucking doctor, the, the head doctor. Do- <laughs> the fucking Dr. V over here. We get to his house and his son is missing. But there looks like there was a struggle. And the doctor is out. He's like, I can't function. I'm just going to sit on this couch. I don't know what to do. Because what do you do? You can go look well, for your kid? Yeah, what if they well, come back home? What if there's a call? What do you do? And so Scotland I Yard's on the case. I don't know if what he did is the right thing to do as a man. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but this is when I was like, what if it's a son? Because he's the fan of Dr. Mm, Fives. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. So then the detect the, the inspector that went with um with Dr. V goes back to the hospital to tell Trout this is what happened. They're like, oh shit. They go upstairs to the nurse's room. She's not answering. Mm-hmm. They open the door and they see in the bed and she's a skeleton. Yep. That's because she had been eaten entirely. Been eaten off. Yeah. It's almost poetic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to appreciate Is that an open face sandwich? We had al- open face omelets yesterday. Yeah. With avocado. <laughs> Maybe. Green? I don't know. Anyways. Yes, her face is gone. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then they go. So then Trout goes to Dr. V's house again. And they're sitting there and he's like, he can't. You can see him in the background trying to tell him something, but he can't get words that work and that matter. You're talking about Trout? Trout is behind Dr. V. He's like trying to say something. This is the first time Trout seems defeated, actually. And he goes, we're doing everything we can. Right. And they really are. Like, what else mm-hmm. do you do? But that's what I'm saying. Trout has been p- 
pushing through the whole time, figuring out the mystery. And now he feels a little bit defeated. And he's like, look, man, I try my best. I don't know what to do right now. But this is what happened. Then the phone rings. Mm-hmm. And the phone just, it's Dr. Fives on the other end. And he's like at a loss for words. Oh, mind you. He's like you, speaking through a cord that's like hooked through his right. He can't speak. We didn't even talk about that part. Well, yeah. Well, so he can't speak. He hooked himself up to like a, one of those sonographs. Yeah, he's got and like a cord in his neck and he like talks. But this would have... Kind guess, of like when... um So um there was yeah. there were a few great men in my life and one of them was paul gorman and he was an amazing man that uh, when i was a kid was like looked out for me believed in me all this great fucking shit right but he couldn't speak without that thing for when people that smoke too much when they get there yeah that one of those things it's kind of like that except he fucking plugged it in (laughs) Like that's what Doctor Pipe said. Right? He yeah, he had like it a plug. It looked like a, a a guitar cable plugged into the side yeah, of his neck. Yeah, that's what it looked like. That's what it looked like. And so, um, he he's kind of like at a loss for words. So instead, he just plays every note on the organ and hangs up the phone. Mm-hmm. And you're like, um, that's weird. <laughs> hey, true musician at heart. He got mad. He hit all the, the keys. The phone rings again, and the doctor answers it and, and says, Trout, uh, oh, "Answers the other end." Your favorite scary movie. And he said, <laughs> "Call back the video the of your birth." <laughs> and he goes, "You have." Um, he goes, "The organ plays until midnight. I'm at this house. Come if you want to save your son, right?" And so, Trout was like, "We can't let you go." He's like, "I'm going. Maybe I can trade my life for my son's life." He's like, "You can't." Wait, no. not Trout. Vesuvius. Right. Sorry, Vesuvius. Doctor V. <laughs> Doctor V. Not Vesuvius. <laughs> Valencia. I don't know. Whatever. Valencia. <laughs> Valentino. I don't know. No, I know. I just call him Doctor B. Moving on. Vesalius. Doctor Vesalius is like maybe I can treat my son's life for mine, and and just trying to get out of there. And Doctor Fa- Doctor Trout is like, no, I will not allow that. <laughs> Absolutely not. And then. Um, Dr. V is like, okay, fine, let me just use the phone. And then Trout kind of like lowers his guard and Dr. V hits him in the back of the head yep. with the phone like, and knocks him out. Yeah. And then I was thinking like, damn, were phones really that heavy back then? Maybe. Maybe. But like if you hit somebody in the back of the head with like a like, phone you bought from Walmart. And weight of my, <laughs> look at the size and weight of my phone now. My very first phone, cell phone was a bucking brick. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, I'm talking about like a wall phone, a wall-mounted phone. If you bought any landline phone right now, like it's a little flimsy. I don't know. <laughs> you'd hit him, you'd be like, ah, what the fuck you hit me for, man? <laughs> <laughs> so the doctor makes his way to um makes Fives his way place. to Five's house. Yeah. And we see that Fives and Fives has like a bat cave too, but mind you, remember he can lower shit down into another plot. Well, Navia and and Fives are sitting there, and they're they have like this backdrop of like a party, and they're dancing. I have a question about Fives's intention. He wants to bring his wife back to life, but he's got Volnavia here the whole time. He doesn't like, want to bring his wife back to life. I mean, he's avenging her death. I'm sorry. But he's got Volnavia here the whole time. Like, why not just live in the moment, bro? Because he's 
in love. Or maybe he has obsessive attachment disorder. Yeah, so then it begs to uh, uh, like wonder what's wrong with Volnavia. She's just going to be like, okay, I'll be your humble little servant and help you out. And maybe like, that's her jam. Maybe she... Okay, so we find out that the fives were wealthy and that money was transferred. So maybe she got paid a lot of money. Mm, okay. So when Dr. V shows up to Five's mansion, Volnavia lets him in. And um, that's when... Dr. Fives is talking and he's like he has like this long cord where he mm-hmm. plugs in in different outlets yeah. for his voice. The whole time I was thinking about Vincent Price like I don't know what, what point in time in his career like what movie this was but this was one where he was like guess what I don't get to have to say any lines but I still get paid I just have to pretend like I'm saying them. I think it's this movie. Because he was like my mouth closed the whole time and he was like saying words but in reality he just had to like talk without talking it's like so funny well payday so he was actually known for apparently he's been he was actually known for knowing his lines amazingly all the time but also knowing the lines of other people was he for the rest of his of his cast he just memorized the whole script yeah so was he a ventriloquist because that's what i'm saying like he was no they put this stuff on they painted his face with some stuff no No, wait they painted his face with like for the movie for the movie they painted his face with some stuff that paralyzed his face for a while so he wasn't able to his face cocaine um, I wrote it down. It was actually called... Cocaine. Moving on. Um, okay. It was painted with a substance called collodion that literally immobilized his face. So Dr. Fibes um, is telling him to look down and there's like a glass floor and he can see in the operating room at the bottom. And this is yeah. where um, Fibes tells of his whole thing. You killed my wife. I didn't kill your wife. We got to her too late. I don't believe in your practices, your medicine. You killed her mm-hmm. with that knife in your hand. So he's essentially just blaming them for her death um, because they couldn't save her. Right. Right. And I think he's just so like full of sorrow right. that he has to, it's like misplaced rage. Right. Yeah. So, this is his vengeance, but it, there's, it's not justified in a sense right it's and it's not and the only reason we like him is because he's cordial and caring with volnavia but originally in the script it was supposed to be he was violent towards her and then kills her at the end like stabs her to death in the end but they changed that because they wanted people to like him and and i do you kind of like him well, yeah, of course. You, you like, dig the, the fuck thing. out of Dr. Fives. Yeah, we are rooting you're for like, him in a way. You're like, yeah, you get those fucking doctors, yeah. right? Because they make the doctors all seem like asses. Yeah. Except for Dr. Vesalius because he has a child and, and he cares about his child and he plays with his child and has conversations with his child. They they make him human. Hmm. Yeah. But all the other doctors, you're like fucking pricks. Right. <laughs> so, here, so, as any rational person would do. What Dr. Fives has done is he implanted a key into the chest of right. Dr. Vesalius's side. Just like Saw. And I wonder, did Saw get some ideas from this movie? I don't movie? know. But, <laughs> so, the son is 
strapped to an operating table. Yeah. But strapped like with iron like bolts or whatever on his neck. Like he's strapped down. Yeah, the some key, medieval type shit. The key to get him out is embedded in his chest that mm-hmm. Dr. Vesalius needs to take out so that he can unlock him and move him out of the way of this acid that's going to drop. And the acid is going to take six minutes, exactly six Mm -hmm. minutes from the time he releases it to the time it hits his son in the face and disfigures him because that's how long his wife was alive on that operating Mm -hmm. table. Right. And that's when Dr. Five says, as soon as that acid hits his face, He's going to look like this. And he takes off his mask and he is ugly. Yeah. He's some He's like, got no lips. He's got no lips. He's got no nose. He's like just burned. Yeah. He's so burned. But like kind of like fake burned. Like if you were to draw somebody burned and you didn't have depth, depth perception. He looks like a mask that Slipknot would wear. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So... And he, he, like, tells him, you know, go, whatever, right? Go. Like, mm-hmm. get to it. Get Six to it. Six minutes. And he orders um, Volnavia to destroy all the rest of it. He's like, I've accomplished what I wanted to do. Destroy everything. So she takes this golden axe mm-hmm. and starts chopping down the band, yeah. the backdrops, yep. all of the anything that we have available to mm-hmm. us, right? Right. And as she's doing that, we see that Trout and his other detective are, like, peeking through the hole of that backdrop. Right. Um, and, and the doctor, at the same time, gets the key, releases his son. It says 30 seconds left on the acid dropping. Pushes the son aside. Volnavia comes and is swinging at the police. And next yeah, thing you know, she she's under that. She that gets covered in the acid. acid. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, man. And Poor she's... Volnavia. <laughs> Well, I mean, she fucked up a lot. Like, yeah, well, yeah, but she, I didn't have any reason to hate her. She was no, doing what she needed to do. But but was she? Well, she was doing what she was told. So I, were the Nazis. I liked Volnavia, okay? I liked Volnavia, too. She didn't too, say anything. She same, was hot, and she did what she was told. The thing is, I liked Volnavia, too, because she seemed very vulnerable. You know, like, maybe she was in search of affection or whatever. But at the same time... When people put themselves in certain bad situations, they also know the risks. For example, if you were a drug dealer, you're not going to get mad because you got arrested for dealing drugs. You know that that's the price that you pay. That's a risk you take. Sure. Yeah, sure. You might be mad at yourself for being stupid and not... Yeah, and you might maybe misdirect that anger towards somebody else or the system, but... I mean, if it's weed, rightfully so, you should blame the system because that's just absolutely stupid. But whatever. Um... So anyway, she she's dead. And she then they is. go and they look for Dr. Fies, but he had uh, lowered himself down on the organ. Yep, in his bat cave. And he went back to his bat cave. And then he let the organ go back up. And at this point, he puts his face back on. And he goes into this room where he um, has his wife's body. Remember, her body yeah. was missing. And she it's in this... in the grave. It's yeah, like this big, like coffin in his it's it's like a sunken in bed on the floor yeah and it has a door that closes over and so what he does is he lays down next to her mm-hmm. and Crazy. he starts to he puts um 
a needle inside of him, to drain inside of his, his arm. Blood. He drains his blood, and as the blood is draining out, embalming is fluid is embalming draining, fluid, yeah. is, is is pumping in, and that's what the darkness was. It was his darkness. It's his death. It closes shut, and there's like you know, just looks like floor because at this time. Dr. Vesalius, the other detective, and Trout are coming down with the with the organ elevator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, where'd he go? He fucking disappeared. What the shit? Right? And that's how the movie ends. Yeah. They're, they have no idea where Dr. Fives is. We know that he's finally at peace with his wife. Yeah. And um, But now, can someone survive in bombing fluid? That's a... That's something that, because there's a part two to this, and I know it's called Dr. Fives Rises Again. <laughs> so now I'm wondering, like, what the fuck? Can you survive that shit? So what Dr. Fives tells, like, says to his wife before he goes and, and kills himself, he says, oh, well, why don't you read it? Because sometimes I get, I have issues when I read things. So Dr. Anton Fives says, where can we find two better hemispheres without Sharp north without declining west, my face in thine eye, thine in mine appears, and true plain hearts do it in thee faces rest. Within twenty-four hours my work will be finished, and then, my precious jewel, I will join you in your setting. We shall be reunited forever in a secluded corner of the great Elysian field of the beautiful beyond. Yeah, so pretty much um, I'm going to be dead with you. That was really hard to read while I was three beers in. Actually, four maybe. But All right. <laughs> I'm glad I pulled it off. So that's the movie. Um, roll the credits. Roll the fucking credits. So we have the murders inspired by the ten plagues of Egypt from the Old Testament. Blood. The blood was drained from Dr. Longstreet. The frogs. Har's... Hargrave's throat is crushed by the mechanical frog mask. Bats. Dr. Dunwoody is mauled to death by bats. Rats. Dr. Kitaj crashes his plane when he's attacked by rats. Um, diseased animals. Dr. Whitecomb is speared by the horn of a brass oh, unicorn. Oh, that's what that one was? Diseased animals? Oh. You don't remember? In Oh, I don't know if you... But... Like, all the livestock dies. Yeah, but it's like a unicorn statue. I mean, whatever, it's cool. Boils, Professor Thornton is stung to death by the bees. That's the very first one that we don't see. Mm -hmm. Hale, Dr. Hedgepath, is frozen to death by the machine with the ice. Um, Locust, the nurse Allen, is eaten by Locust. And the darkness... Charlie Murphy! (laughs) Sorry, I can't help it. (laughs) So that can refer to either Dr. Fives draining the blood from his own body... Or the depiction of a solar eclipse. Mm. Because when that thing closes down and it looks like it's all floor, there's a sun, there's a partially covered moon, and that might be the darkness. Wow, I didn't notice all that. Right. Um, The death of the firstborn, and that would have been the son of Dr. Vesalius. Yep. And um, the original plague had the gnats and the lice, but that's not something that could have been easily done for the movie at this time. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, well, um, it's funny. Like, it has kind of like a very almost Hebrew um, 
religious-esque subcontext. Well, so Dr. Fives was supposed to be a theology, like mm-hmm. his doctorate was in theology. I read somewhere that Vincent Price has a, um, that Vincent Price technically has, you know, I don't know, maybe he's very biblical or has very, you know, uh, he's interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I was trying to do some research on the movie and I saw somewhere that, you know, Vincent Price is no longer with us, rest in peace. But apparently that outside of this movie, he was also very maybe biblical or some sort of i don't know maybe maybe a I'm scholar wrong. of some sort yeah so i don't know maybe i should do some research before <laughs> i try to talk about that part so i love this movie it was beautiful i know that it's an unhealthy way to um remember somebody you love but it was still really beautiful um that said it was still also a very well done horror movie Yes, especially for the time. 71 just precedes a lot of other, you know, horror movies at the time. And the the one thing that I will give this movie, like Peeping Tom and like many Hitchcock films or whatever, um, it it's not all about the gore and the blood and the, you know, it, it's the, the, the horrific parts that happen, happen are happen the horrific parts that happen are really based around almost um it's something you have to think about it's almost like not seen but it is i don't know it's like psychological but implied gore yeah but it doesn't even have to be gory the thing is like there's this thing that's happening it's very um there's the romantic side of it and then there's this horrific side of it as well too and Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying is like these, the master of these early, early horror movies were working with a different set of tools. And I can appreciate and they what they put fucking out with those tools. Ass. Yeah, exactly. I absolutely. Love yeah. It. I encourage everybody to watch this movie. Yeah. If, um, if you want to watch it with me, let me know because I'll watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good. I love it. Cool. I highly recommend well, it. Well, uh, this was one of my first Vincent Price movies. I always um, have heard his name. I do know that he did the first House on Haunted Hill. However, I've seen the remake, which I actually liked a lot when I was younger. I didn't have a problem with it. You're grinning at me like you hated it. but um, it's It wasn't bad. Yeah, I probably, if I go back and watch it now, I may have some issues with it. The one part of it that I liked, and I don't know if this is from the original, is when the guy gets, uh, I think it might even be the guy who owns the house, probably the Vincent Price character in the original. But like he gets like stuck in this little like mind altering machine, right? Do you is remember it, that? Is it like the little animals that spin around? Yeah, that spin around and they like brainwash them or whatever. And I, I always, uh, I always like that scene in in the remake. Anyways, I don't know how it plays out in the original, but I thought that was a cool scene, and I liked how the idea of taking the person who's the oppressor and then putting him in a position where he's now being oppressed and brainwashed by his own fucking shit. I thought that was cool. I don't know if any of that has anything to do with the Vincent Price original one, but that's what I did like from the House on Haunted Hill remake that I saw in the 90s. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Okay, cool. We'll just have to <laughs> make that another but episode. I did. I do remember this uh, with Tay Diggs, right? 
Oh, really? Was he in it? Probably. Yeah. That, that that seemed about the time that Tay Diggs was kind of popular. So um, I, I think I kind of enjoyed it, the remake. Um, but the only thing that I'll give that one, the remake, is that it introduced me to the original. I hadn't seen the original until I saw what the 1999 House on Haunted Hill. And that's okay. and I like the original a lot better than I do the remake. Okay. Well, funny thing is is that I was only introduced to the remake and I was, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not a super uh horror fan to where I know everything. So the point I'm saying is that I technically didn't even know there was a remake until you until you started talking about Vincent Price and saying that there was an original and that's when i was like oh shit well i must have seen the remake mm-hmm. and hey that's how it goes sometimes you know maybe i'll like the original even more if yeah. i see it i'm sure you will because you are expanding your horizons and i dig it <laughs> <laughs> all right well that is all for us today thank yeah. you so much for stopping by stopping by thank you now if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do it. Um, if you like us, even just a little bit, give us a rating. Right. <laughs> um, leave stars. a comment. Um, Three stars, four stars, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Share your favorite horror movie. Let us know what you thought of this movie, if you've seen it already, yeah. what, what we got wrong. Give us feedback. <laughs> Let us know what's up. Um, and also check out our site. Sign up for our newsletter so you can get all the tidbits about what when merch is coming out, when mm-hmm. uh, the rabbit whole episodes are coming out yep um our patreon page uh will be linked on there because we really want to keep this ad free that's icecreampodcast.com uh you can email us at icecreamparlor.podcast at gmail.com we're also on instagram facebook and twitter and those handles will be in the show notes yeah absolutely thank you for all the support and we hope to hear any feedback you have um Yeah, over and out. We'll catch you soon. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thanks a lot. We love you guys. Absolutely. I'm non-committal. Sorry, I have a fear of saying those words, but we dig you so much. Uh, Tune in next time and... We'll be right back? No, no, no. no. That's (laughs) not our ending anymore. Okay, bye. Uh